we're going to get right into the message. And uh, before we do that, we like to laugh around here. How many's glad when you got saved, you can have fun? Amen. That's one of the greatest secrets the church ever learned is you can be a Christian and have a blast. And so we like to look up funny church signs. So I found a few this week. Check them out. All right. Do you know what hell is? Come hear our preacher. <laughs> now, I hope no one from our church sent that in. All right. And then here's the other. Whoever stole our AC units, keep one because it's hot where you're going. <laughs> that was a mad sign man right there. He needs a small group, Brother Frank. He needs a small group to help him with his anger issue. All right. And then here's the Easter one. Happy Easter to our Christian friends. Happy Passover to our Jewish friends. To our atheist friends, good luck. Because <laughs> you ain't got nothing to be happy over. You don't believe in nothing. All right? But, uh, but we're going to start today and we're going to do what they tell you not to do. And that's don't put an Easter sermon in the middle of a series. And I'm going to do that very thing because we started last Sunday talking about the Passover and over the next four Sundays, counting today, we're going to do a series called Change. How many is glad Jesus offers change? Amen. He offers change. The word is not judgmental. It's not condemning. It's changing. And when we receive God's word, it will change our lives. And so we started last Sunday on the message on the Passover. And we shared with you how the whole story started was Joseph and Joseph was thrown into a, a, a pit by his brothers. He was sold into slavery, into Egypt. He was in Potiphar's house. And then he was transferred to Pharaoh, the monarch of Egypt. He's now second in charge. He's found favor with Egypt. And, and the Pharaoh at that time has favored the Israelites. And they are blessed and they're flourishing and they're beginning to grow. And, and then all of a sudden that Pharaoh died off. And a new Pharaoh took over, and he wasn't peaceful to the Israelites. He became very fearful and afraid because they were multiplying at such a rapid pace that they were outgrowing the Egyptians in Egypt, and he was fearful that they're going to outgrow us and outvote us, and they're going to take over Egypt. And so he enslaved almost six million Israelites are now turned into slaves. And they're put into these mud pits where they make brick, and now they're slaves. Six million are now slaves. And here we see that, that Jesus comes in and he spins a word through Moses to Pharaoh and he gives 10 plagues that's gonna happen. Nine did and Pharaoh still hardened his heart. So the daddy of all plagues now comes and that's called the death angel, the death of the firstborn. But Jesus said, and whatever home has the blood applied to the doorpost and the lintel, the death angel is going to pass over. That's why it's called the Passover, because that night the death angel came through and passed over every home that had the blood applied. I mean, he's glad there's still power in the blood. And it passed over every home where the blood was applied, but death came to the homes of the Egyptians where there were no blood. And Pharaoh said, okay, we want you to get out and get out quick. He got his attention. And then God takes Moses and he's out now for 40 years in the, in the Midian desert. He, he grew up in, in Egypt thinking he was an Egyptian and found out that he was really a Hebrew. He was really an Israelite and, and he killed an Egyptian that was fighting an Israelite. And so he runs out into the wilderness and he's hiding out there for 40 years, depressed and defeated. And then one day a bush in front of him just catches on fire and that's not enough. It starts talking to him. I mean, why do drugs when you can do the Bible? Really? I mean, come on, guy. I mean, it's exciting. And, and so here's Moses, and he hears this bush talking to him, and God tells him, go back and tell the Pharaoh to let my people go. 
And Moses goes back, not only to Pharaoh, but he says, go back and tell the Jewish people, I've got four promises for them. I've seen their affliction. I know their suffering, but I got four promises that I wanna give to them that I'm in covenant with them with, and here they are. Let's go to them now real quick. Here they are. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will, here's promise number one, I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I'm gonna bring salvation. I'm gonna save you, Jesus says. I will free you from being slaves to them. I'm gonna deliver you, the second promise. And then he comes in and says, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm, with the mighty acts of judgment. So the first promise is I'm gonna bring salvation. The second promise is I'm gonna deliver you, I'm gonna bring you out, then I'm gonna deliver you, and once I deliver you, I'm gonna redeem you back as my people, and then promise number four, I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. The promise of fulfillment. Now, let me go through this real quick because I want you to understand these because I'm going to deal with one every Sunday of this month. Today, I wanna talk about salvation. But look at the four promises. God wants you to know four things today. Number one, he wants to save you. He wants you to experience this thing called salvation to get you out from under the yoke of bondage, to change the current condition that your life is in right now. That doesn't mean everything changes. Salvation means I wanna set you apart. I just wanna bring you. God's not that concerned right now on the salvation issue of whether you're in church, how much you're praying, how holy you become. He just wants to get you out of the world that's owning you and save you from that heartache and that trouble. And once he gets you out, he says, my next thing I wanna do is deliver you. I wanna bring deliverance in your life. You gotta get set out, set apart before you can get delivered. And so he says, once you come out, I wanna deliver you. And how many of you here, when you got saved, you were instantly set free from stuff in your life? I mean, addictions, habits, hurts. Come on, anybody? How many of you are still dealing with some stuff? because we've got immediately delivered, but we're still being delivered. And we're a grace church here. We believe in grace. We don't believe in okay for sin, but we believe in grace. And because you've got your drug addiction down, don't go judge Johnny who's still dealing with his and you got your offenses okay. And don't judge Mary because she's still getting healed of hers. We're a body of Christ that believes that he's delivering us all, including your pastor. And we're gonna help each other get to where God wants us to be, amen. And so he said, I wanna deliver you. I've got you out of Egypt, now I want to get Egypt out of you. And then he says, once you start that deliverance process, I'm going to redeem you. You know what the word redeem there means? To take back to original intent. That God doesn't want to take you back to where you were before you messed up. He said, I'm going to take you back to the place that I had you in the womb of your mother before you ever entered this earth. Before that dysfunctionalism hit you, before all that offense hit you, before all those hurts and pains and disappointments came into your life, I'm going to bypass every bit of that because I got a plan for you. And you can't fulfill it living out all the hurts and pains of your past. I'm going to redeem you back to your original intent. And when that happens, he said, I'm going to go into promise number four, and that's fulfillment, and I'm gonna let you begin to live and experience the most fulfilled life you can ever imagine. Oh, thank God for the poor promises, amen? 
And, and these four promises is everything that this church is built on. Everything we do here at Transformation Church is surrounded and engulfed by those four promises. If they don't fit in those promises, we're not interested in it. I'm not interested in just coming up here and motivating you in your Christian life. I wanna know that we're getting set out, set apart and saved. I wanna know that God's delivering us from our past and setting us free, that we're being restored and redeemed back to God's initial intent in our life and we're walking it out and changing the world for Jesus Christ. That's the whole message of the gospel in this church. And so I wanna talk today about changed. Changed, get your notes out and let's get ready. The word change means to make radical difference, to make a radical difference, to transform. People ask us, where'd you get the name of this church? Well, there it is. The word transformation means an immediate change of appearance, form, and character. Come on, how many's glad that the moment you gave your heart to Jesus, I'm not where I wanna be yet, but I'm sure to God not what I was before I met him. Amen, I'm, I'm being changed, a change of everything. Jesus said, when a man becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person on the inside. Been changed. And the entire message of the gospel is a message of hope, one of change. We, we had a, a man in our church who was struggling with homosexuality and got saved recently, baptized today. And, and he was struggling, I mean, a whole lifestyle of it. And, and, and he got saved and God's totally radically changed his life. And he's posting it all over Facebook. And he said, Pastor, I've lost 98% of my friends, but I feel so good right now, I can't help myself. Yeah, and, and he testified, but here's what he said. He said, thank you for not making the gospel so relevant that you took away the opportunity of change, that, that you wouldn't tell me a lie to make me keep coming back. It was the truth that made me keep coming back because I want my life changed and that's the gospel. It doesn't condemn me. It doesn't beat me up. It tells me that I can become someone in Christ and it offers me the change that Christ can bring. And so salvation, number one, let's look at it. Look at your notes. Salvation is the promise of change. The promise of change. Exodus 6, verse 6, I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Jesus was saying, now that I've got you out of Egypt, I want to get out Egypt out of you. And the word salvation here means to set apart, to set apart. It means that I have now become in a position in Christ. How many grew up in church like me that you got saved, but man, if you breathe wrong, hammer from heaven's coming down, boom, going to hell. I mean, just look left when you're supposed to look right, going to hell. If you're having fun, you're going to hell. If you're laughing, you must be doing something wrong. Come on, anybody? And, and then we wanna know why nobody wanna come to our church and get saved. Cause you can have more fun in the bar down the street. That's not salvation. Salvation is simply this, I wanna set you apart and I wanna identify you in a position of sonship and daughtership. I become the DNA of God. I said, I become the DNA of God. He put it like this in scripture, he that knew no sin became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. 
that he that knew no sin became sin. What does that mean? When God the Father looks down on you and I today, when you say, God, I need you in my life, I just want you to set me apart. I want to become part of your family. I want you to come into my life. I hadn't got it all down yet. I'm not fully delivered yet. I haven't been redeemed to everything yet. I'm not living the life of fullness yet, but I want to start with promise one. I just want to get set apart and become part of your family. Here's what happens, because how many besides me still had some days you didn't act so saved? The rest of you got a problem with lying. How many of you, <laughs> how many of you said some things you shouldn't have said? You've thought some things you shouldn't have thought. You've wanted to do some things you know you're not supposed to do, amen? And here's what happens. When Jesus bore our sins in his body on the cross, he that knew no sin became sin so that you and I could become the righteousness of God. When God looks down on us as saved, he doesn't see our sin. He sees the righteousness of his son. Even on our bad day, I'm just as saved as I am on my good day because salvation's a position in Christ, not a report card. So I'm saved. My kids, every one of them messed up. But they've got my DNA. They carry my last name. And in my kids, there was rebellion. There was drugs. There was perversion. There was a baby out of wedlock. All in my kids. But they're all here today serving God with passion and with zeal. You wanna know why? I didn't disown them as my children and say, look, you gotta change last names until you get some stuff straightened out. No, you're my DNA. You belong to me on your good day or your bad day. But we're gonna walk it out together and we're gonna win in the end. And that's what our Father's saying today. I wanna save you. I just wanna bring you out from where you are so I can set you up for deliverance I'm gonna do in your life. Well, that's good preaching if I'm doing it. Yes, it is. Salvation number two. I'm getting loud, aren't I? Am I yelling at you? I'm sorry. Come on now, preach, preacher, okay. All right, salvation is the position of change. Position of change. You see, as a Christian, the closer I get to Jesus, the less I wanna do that hurts him. See, that's where people have a problem with this grace message. They're like, you're just telling anybody they can live like they want. No, when you get to know Jesus, you don't wanna break his heart. You don't wanna hurt him. You wanna do what's right. I don't need somebody behind me telling me how to live when I get right with God because I wanna please him. You see, but so many's been taught in the church that you gotta get good enough. You gotta get clean enough. You gotta earn this thing. You, you gotta bathe yourself, wash yourself, spirit. you gotta clean yourself up. No, 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 you just come to Jesus with all your junk. Junk in the trunk, man, just bring it to Jesus. Just throw it on him, buddy, he can handle it. I said, he says, just come unto me, all you who are heavy laden. I'll give you rest, take your yoke and cast it upon me. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. He's saying, just come on, bring your dirt, bring your garbage, bring your sin, bring your trash. Just come on, bring it on, because I want to receive you just like you are. Don't wait until you can clean yourself up. Come on like you are, and I'll help clean you up. That, that's what Jesus is saying today. He's calling on us. Hebrews says, and by that we all have been made holy. We've all been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. You don't have to do anything to earn it today. You just receive it. Amen. Just receive it. You see, even when my kids did stupid things, they didn't change their last name. They were still mine. 
And today, even when I have those days that I say those things, I wish that God I hadn't said, that I let thoughts come into my mind that I know don't belong there. When I want to go hit somebody, I know I'm supposed to love. Come on, y'all, help me in here. You know I'm talking to you. You know it. I still get to keep his name because I carry his DNA. He who knew no sin became sin so that we could carry the righteousness of God. Here's what happened. When Jesus hung on the cross, when he hung there, he carried our sins and our sins were placed upon him. He looked up into the heavens and he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? What happened? When he became sin, God the Father had to turn his back on his own son and pull the shade of heaven because he could no longer look on him because he now carried our sin. And here's what happened. God the Father turned his back on his own son when he became our sin so that he would never have to turn his back on us because of sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many's glad Jesus is a giver? I said, how many is glad Jesus rather give than receive? He, he's here to give and give. And, and you know, I, I was at a conference a while back and, and anybody have your cell phone go dead on you when you need it? And they know where to charge it? And, and I didn't even know they made these things, man. It's a power bank. You ever heard of one of those? And you just plug it into your computer at home and it charges it up. And then when you're out in town, you can have it in your purse or your pocket or your car. And when your phone goes dead, just plug that baby in. You got some juice. You know what I'm saying? Well, we promise every guest here today is going to get one. So come on. Let's give them out. You know what? It's Easter. So everybody gets one. Come on. Easter Sunday. I mean, it's supposed to be serious. If he was dead and we were mourning, I would be serious. But he's alive. It's party time. And let's just have a party in the house of God today. Come on. And so salvation is the promise of change. Salvation is the position of change. But then salvation is the purpose of change, the purpose of change. You see, God desires many of you are wore out today because you've been so busy trying to change the old you rather than just experience the new you. You're tired emotionally, physically, spiritually, trying to change the old person. What God says, when a man becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person on the inside. 
and God wants to start you on a journey, and we're going to go through this whole journey this month. I don't want you to miss a Sunday, because next Sunday, we're going to talk about how to be walking that deliverance of God, and then the next one, how to step into the redemption of God, and then on the fourth one, man, we're going into fulfillment. Amen. And so we're going to take you on a life-changing journey this month. And so we want you to be here and join us. But you've got to stop trying to earn your salvation and start enjoying it in Jesus' name. How many is glad that Jesus changes lives? Amen. Here's an example. Watch this video of one of our new families. Madison had come home from school one day and I guess some of her friends were talking about church and stuff and she didn't know anything about it because we always told the kids they could choose whatever they wanted to do. They could believe what they wanted to believe. They were, you know, we weren't going to force anything on them so that they didn't have the experience that I had. She said, Mom, my friends keep asking, talking about Bible stories and I don't know what they're talking about and I feel awkward. Um, and Madison came home and she was crying because she didn't understand what some of her friends were talking about. So Nikki said, well, uh, Anya goes to this church. And she said, I started going to Transformation Church. It's on Fairfield. Um, you're welcome to try. It's very laid back. Uh, through Madison, that's how Nikki got involved. She came, she went up and she sat through the service and she says, I think I finally found something that I like. I was raised uh, in, a, in, a, in a home where I was made to go to church uh, and it kind of soured me on the experience. Um, I got to the point where I didn't want anything to do with church, God, Jesus, or anything. I just I just wanted to be left alone. I, I called myself agnostic. Uh, I was in the Air Force. I put on my dog tags that I was agnostic because I, I didn't know what to believe. I had doubts. There were so many things that were going on in my life that I just didn't know what was going on. I couldn't explain it, and I couldn't get any answers, you know. My last knee surgery, they were going to amputate my leg. I got a MRSA infection in my knee, and we were literally two hours. They were prepping an OR in order for me to go down to get my leg amputated because I couldn't get the infection under control. Um, and uh, at that point, I kind of I said, you know, I said a little prayer, and it was the first time I'd prayed in, in probably 20 years, and I said, just get me through this. It was at that point that I decided uh, I'm going to give it a try. And uh, I, <laughs> I kind of lied. I, I, to be honest with you, I lied about it. I, I, I had no intention on following through. I just didn't want to lose my leg. To me, that was the most important thing. Keep my leg intact and I'll do anything you want. And about an hour later, they came up and ran some more labs and the infection was starting to go down and they kept going down and the doctor came in about 15 minutes before we were scheduled to go down for surgery and says, I don't think we're going to have to do it. Your, your levels have gone from, you know, off the charts to manageable level. And uh, so I was like, oh, thank God. Didn't mean it at all. Didn't mean any of it. I just wanted to keep my leg. I was selfish. The morning of my, uh, my knee surgery, she went and asked him to pray for him, for me. And uh, he did, and, and I, I never thought before three, four months ago, yeah, three, four months ago that that had any correlation to anything that happened with my knee. I was like, this is medical science. This is, that's what it is. There's, there's no miracle involved here. What's the miracle? It was, I think it was at that point uh, that Nikki started praying and, and wanting me to find something because she knew that I had nothing. I, I just didn't believe anything. And I just dropped to my knees and I said, God, 
I have prayed for five years for him to please get better, to find peace, to find something to believe in, for things to just get better for him, for us. And it's just getting worse and worse, and I don't know what to do. And I just stood there and I cried in the shower for 20 minutes before going to work. It didn't matter what it was. I didn't believe in a Bible. I didn't believe in church. I didn't believe in the people that went there. Something happened personally uh, between us, marriage issues. And um, he didn't really know how to deal with it. And I said, well, I don't know how to get past this. We need to talk to somebody. We need to go to counseling. We need to do something. And I said, what about talking to Pastor Dan? He seems like a really nice guy, and maybe he can help. And uh, right before Christmas, I went to Lowe's to get Pastor Dan a gift card because he had talked to us a couple days before, and I was really appreciative of the things that he'd done for us. I hadn't talked to a pastor since I left church. And uh, I was driving back, and I was going to just drop it off. I was just going in to drop the card off, and then I was going to leave. I was wearing shorts and a hoodie. And I walked in, and um, it was during the music portion, and I, I walked up to Nikki, and I said, here's the card, I'm going to go. And I walked out. I got in the car, I turned the key on, and I turned the key off, and I said, I need to go back in there. And he said, I think I'm going to stay. So Manny and I looked at each other. And I know why. had no idea. I just I walked in the door, and that the message on that day was about what we had talked about with Pastor Dan two days prior. And I know that he works on his, his sermons days and weeks before, so he had no idea. I had no idea that he was going to talk about this. He had no idea that what he was going to talk about was going to affect me like it did, but something hit me in the chest and said, go back in there and just listen. And I sat there and it was the first time I'd been in a church since I was 12. And I listened to the message and I cried. I cried my eyes out. And then after the service was over, I went back in his office and it was just me and him in there. And I have never cried so hard to another man in my entire life. And I just grabbed him and I hugged him. I don't even know to this day everything that was said, but I just know that he came out in tears. I just, I, at, at that point, I said, something has to change for me, and I think this is what it is. I think this is what my entire life to this point has been missing. I had a wife, I have kids, love all of them, but you always have that feeling that something's missing, and I think that's what it was. It was just that moment I knew, and, and I've never had that before. Now we uh, we go to church every Sunday. She cried the first time I the, the day the first day I went. She cried because she had seen all these couples, you know, arms around each other, and you know they were all happy. And when I put my arm around her the first time I went, it just I watched her fall. I mean, it was just it was amazing. And uh, now it's just us, you know, sitting there with with Madison, and it's it's surreal to me. It's like I never thought in a million years that that's where I'd be, and and it's comfortable. Doesn't matter what you've had in the past. Doesn't matter where you've been in the past. Give it a chance. It may change your life. Dave and Nikki, is Dave still able to be here? Where are they? Dave's working in the sound booth now. Nikki's back here. God bless you guys. What an awesome testimony. Madison is here. And... Uh, not only that, three months ago, he was an agnostic, and today on Easter Sunday, he's playing drums for the worship team. Come on, can God do something amazing or what? Or what? And so, 
I'm going to close with this. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, not from yourselves. It's a free gift of God, not by works so that any man can boast. So what's my next step, Pastor Dan? How can I experience what Dave and Nikki and Madison's found in you? What, what do I need to do? Number one is make the move. Just repent. What does repent mean? I'm turning away from. And I realize that I need Jesus in my life today. And I just come to you, Lord. And, and you just need to tell him, I'm sorry, God. And I just need you in my life. I repent from anything that was wrong. And number two is let it go. Just let it go. Let go of the hurts. Let go of the reasons. Let go of the excuses. Let go of the guilt. Let go of the shame. Let go of the mistakes. Just let it go. Jesus is big enough to carry it. Just let it go today and just come to him like you are. Number three is commit your life. Just commit your life to him today. Don't look for the world to change. Look for you to change. And just start the journey. That's all I'm asking you today is you, you don't have to come and get totally delivered and, and you don't have to come today and get everything. Just one step today and that's just let Jesus set you apart. We're going to take you down the journey, but today just say yes to him. Say, Jesus, I need you in my life. And will you bow your heads with me across the building today? And I want to pray for you. Whatever heads bowed, if you're here and you say, Pastor Dan, today I, I realize I, I need Jesus today. I need a new beginning. I need to start over. I need a change. I need a change in the direction of my life. I need a change. Pray for me. If that's you, would you just slip a hand up and join the many today that have raised their hands. God bless your hands going up all over the building right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. That's about seven, eight hands. Come on, anyone else, before we pray, very quickly, I'm, I'm ready. I need a change. God bless you. God bless you. Wow, hands going up all over the building. God bless you. That's 12, 15 hands already. God bless you in the back. Ready for a change in my life today. I, I know it's not all just going to be different in one moment, but you know what? I'm going to start the journey, Pastor. We'll start the journey. And today, I just want Jesus to know I want him. I need him in my life. We're going to do this together. We're going to help you. We're going to help you in that journey. Pray this prayer with me if you raise your hand or you did not. You mean it in all your heart. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would just come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart you raised from the dead I can be saved so right now right now I come to you I confess with my mouth that you are Lord I believe in my heart you raised from the dead and I receive you right now as my Lord and Savior in Jesus name according to your word I'm saved I'm a brand new person I start a new journey today in Jesus name Amen.